This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah. Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing going today. Back to Top Rope Nation, episode 81, if I'm not mistaken. I'm Ryan Drasty, joined here by Justin Joint and Kyle Ross. Damn, guys, it's been a long time. Feels good to do that intro again. How's it going out there, Justin? Uh, pretty good. Ready to talk some wrestling with you guys for the first time in a long time. Yeah, about almost exactly a month, I think. Kyle, how's it over in Cleveland? Three years is a long time to be champion, baby. <laughs> Did you check out that uh, Cleveland Cavaliers-Chicago Bulls uh, game of suckitude the other night? Or actually, that was earlier today. Was. feels like days ago. Um, you know, I, I didn't watch it because it is the two worst teams in the league, and I don't like watching bad teams play in any sport. But yes. uh, I was looking last night at the matchup. This is, of course, exactly what people have tuned in for after this long hiatus is uh, to talk Cavs Bulls. But um, well, we got picked up a little bit. Yeah, and I remember a comment you made uh, about six months ago. Maybe it was even a little more at this point. When you're like, "Man, if LeBron left the Cavs, who would be worse, the Cavs oh, or the Bulls?" Yeah. And I was like, "Man, it'd be pretty close." And well, it's pretty close, and the Bulls are a little bit better, but they are definitely the 29th and 30th best teams in the NBA. I and was disappointed. Just for, for those of you who don't follow the NBA, there are 30 teams in the NBA. <laughs> yes. I was disappointed the Bulls won that game. I'm, I'm going for losses every time. Well, they have a lottery. Yeah. As long as they're in that bottom four. So, yeah, guys, uh, if you have never tuned into the show before, uh, we are used to be a weekly podcast, but like I said, it's been about a month since we produced one. So we'll try to get back at it. But uh, yeah, we've been doing this since uh, the middle of 2016. So we are three friends talking everything pro wrestling. We usually have a good beverage on hand, a lot of laughs and some good takes on the wrestling industry. So we appreciate you tuning in. Um, if you've never tuned in before or you have tuned in before and you've never less left us a rating. Go ahead and head on over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star rating. It would help us rank higher on there, get some get some more listeners, get the uh, show out there in front of some new eyes and ears. Uh, you can also find us on Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, TopRopeNation.com, uh, wherever podcasts are found. So this is going to be kind of our catching up on uh, everything that's been going on in 2019 so far this year. And then uh, later this week, we're going to put out episode 82 We'll give our full preview of the WWE Royal Rumble NXT TakeOver. And I do want to say, check out our partners over at WrestleRumble. It's WrestleRumble.com. They are going to be doing, once again, the game this this uh, month. So this weekend, for $10, you can buy an entry into their Royal Rumble contest. You can win $1,000 if you predict the matches correctly and all the stipulations and weapon usage and everything else. If you get all the winners, you get the timing of the matches down, everything, you win $1,000. I think places one through five all have significant uh, cash payouts. So check that out. And also follow us on Twitter at Top Rope Nation. We will be giving away a free entry for listeners of ours uh, later this week into Wrestle Rumble's Royal Rumble contest. So check that out. Um, and you can see if you can beat myself, Justin and Kyle. Every month it's a lot of fun. So check that out. Um, I think the big thing, guys, we got to talk about is the launch of All Elite Wrestling, which happened uh, on the early morning hours of New Year's Day. Uh, did either of you stay up late to check out the Being the Elite episode where they announced it? Nope, I was at a wedding, so I, I was three sheets to the wind. <laughs> you looked great, by the way, for it not being your own wedding. I mean, 
Hey, thanks, buddy. Yeah, you did. I mean, you know, <laughs> I really like those. Yeah, I liked those photos in a real heterosexual way. But, <laughs> uh, uh, no, I don't stay up for. I didn't stay up for Wrestle Kingdom. Why? Why would I stay up for something that I could just watch when I wake up? That's true. I mean, there was a lot of excitement that night. I think everyone pretty much knew. Yeah, that, that's the was. other reason. Gee, I mean, I was I'm like, I wasn't going to start like, <laughs> you know. What was I going to do? Start like jumping up in my bed and like going, my God, there is a second wrestling promotion. <laughs> I think you'll country. save that for uh, the 1992 WWF Superstars episode you know, just not, launched on the network. Yeah, I'm not that excited about that of all the things. I mean, I always love the quality old content, but post mania eight WWF is not their strongest run. It's funny because uh, I don't know, maybe he'll be tuning in, but one of my buddies, Mike, he lives up there in Wisconsin. When we became friends, the big thing we bonded over was 1992 WWF. That was one of the first things he brought up to me. And this was in like 1999. And we talked 92 WWF all the time. So I immediately texted him earlier today. Did you see the WWF superstars are up on the WWE network from 92? So I don't know. I, t I, I turned it on. I like that stuff. Honestly, I'd rather watch it than Raw sometimes these days. I, I might actually have checked that out because uh, post-WrestleMania 8 was uh, when I had my first big absence for wrestling for uh, for a few years. So um, I probably haven't even seen them. I'll tell you what, man. When I saw like multiple, like the the byline and it um, there was like three in a row, what will the ultimate warrior do to confront Papa Shango? I was like, oh, no. <laughs> well, I got to say, back to All Elite Wrestling, I did stay up that night. And uh, I was having a real exciting New Year's Eve in my basement by myself while my wife and newborn and other child were sleeping upstairs. And uh, <laughs> I was just downstairs. I waited up till midnight. And then I was like, you know, I'll wait up a little bit longer. And then it was like, oh, it's only another hour. So I stayed up for the episode and I covered it for comicbook.com. So I wrote it up an article immediately when the news launched. But I was up. I, was, I mean, I was pretty excited. What's your excitement levels for the launch of AEW? Justin, I'm going to go to you. I'm actually pretty excited. Uh, not that I need more wrestling in my life, uh, but I'm excited to see what channel they end up on. Hopefully it's one that I actually get because I haven't gotten the last dozen that Impact Wrestling have been on. Um, I'm excited to see the production. Uh, Chris Jericho and Pac, I think, were big-time signings. So i just really excited to see what all those guys do and who else they, they can bring in. All right, Kyle, I hear you snickering in the background. I'm sorry. Somebody had sent me a message about something completely unrelated. I apologize for my completely unprofessional behavior on this podcast. Uh, I believe the World Wrestling Federation is in monster trouble. Uh, you know, I think it's just a matter of time before they're number two. You're being sarcastic. Yes, I was. No, um, <laughs> my honest thing is I am very excited about the prospect of a second viable promotion in this country. Will AEW become a second viable promotion in this country? I don't know. But the prospect of it has me excited because if there's one thing I can go back when I look back at my wrestling fan, I'm like, yeah, that was bad take. It was my willingness to kind of just write off WCW. I mean, WCW was very bad at the end. I don't think there's any denying that. But like, you know, I was like, hey, if this company just, you know, went to hell, who cares, man? This thing sucks. And, you know, that, that, the lack of competition for WWE is not a good thing because, I mean, we already seen, I mean, there's stuff on Raw, you know, how much and how genuine this reaction is, you know, this whole shaking it up thing we've seen, allegedly seen the last couple of weeks in WWE programming is, um, I don't know, but, you know, for someone to be out there and push them and for the talent, it's great because, you know, they're going to probably get better deals. Um, there's more options. If you want to take a chance, leave WWE and go somewhere else. Um, you know, it's there. So I, I'm excited for it. I hope it works. But I'm not, you know, yes, my initial response was complete facetiousness. And I was mocking people who just make me roll my eyes. Yeah, I, th I think in the long run, they could certainly have an opportunity to compete a little bit. I think one of the things that's different about this than Impact and ROH and any other competitors, even New Japan, is just like the sheer amount of money behind this promotion and the connections in the sports world that the Khan family has. You're talking about a family whose wealth dwarfs the McMahon family. I think uh, 
the owner was uh, ranked 65th in the United the 65th richest man in the United States. He's like several times more money than Vince McMahon, and he's a fan too. It's it makes it a little different from. Uh, the days of WCW, like Ted Turner was kind of like he kind of liked wrestling, but he he more or less liked it because he had always had it on the Superstation and, and he felt kind of tied to it. But I don't know that he was like tuning in every week. No, whereas, I mean, there, there was always the joke. It's like, oh, where's Hulk? Where's Rick? <laughs> like yeah. when he would walk in and address the locker room. Right. So, like, I mean, he he appreciated wrestling when a lot of the Turner execs didn't, but he wasn't like a big fan. Now, the Khan family and the father and son are big wrestling fans and they're putting a lot of money into this and they're connected owning the Jacksonville Jack. Jaguars, um, the team in, in Europe, the soccer team. Fulham. Tottenham yeah. beat them this weekend. <laughs> there you go. And that's Justin's team. So I mean, there is a lot of potential here. And I've 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 read varying reports about how the money, like Chris Jericho, I think, said the money offered him was more than WWE. Um, and WWE is can, can definitely worried a little Jericho? bit. Yeah. Can I can I say about Chris Jericho? I'm glad he's not going back to WWE. And I don't think any success. Chris Jericho has outside of WWE in 2019 is an indictment of WWE. I just feel that the idea of Chris Jericho, and I'll throw this back to you guys, in WWE is so boring. Mm. And that's not an indict. Like, like I just don't want to see him in, w, in a WWE environment at all. I felt that way about him for a long time, but I felt like the last couple years of his last run were really good. And I wouldn't mind seeing him back, but I also don't think... I don't think he's a guy who really moves the needle too much for either company. You know, like he he'll get some interest drawn for AEW, but I don't I don't think he's the guy that's really gonna like put him over the top or anything like that. Not like a Bill Goldberg who could get him on TBS. Oh man. Check the archives, Bill Goldberg. A lot of a lot of Bill Goldberg discussions on this podcast back in uh God, twenty seventeen, early twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. Uh Justin, your thoughts there? Anything? It's just significantly more interesting to see what happens with him in AEW than seeing him in probably some mid-card feud that ends up being kind of lame. Yeah. It just speaks to freedom of movement. You know, a few, I remember it was a few months ago, it was right when we, um, after we had done our last episode, one of our listeners tweeted something about like biggest issues facing WWE today. And they had um, tweeted out something that I've always said that, um, an issue that WWE faces is the promotion itself is viewed by a substantial amount of wrestling fans fairly or unfairly as a heel. Almost, you know, fans are almost just cheering against the promotion. WCW encountered that problem um, in its final years. Um, WWE is obviously doing much better than WCW is uh, was back then, but um, freedom of movement is something that is sorely lacking in professional wrestling in 2019. Even within WWE, I, I, said this before in the pro- on the podcast i really wish that guys could switch brands in a more organic fashion rather than just this one time a year when like 16 guys move all at once and vince McMahon yells let's shake it up and with jericho it just feels fresher when guys move like i've been watching a lot of like you know mid-south and world class on the network since um over the last six months or so and it's just like you know, particularly with Mid-South, it's just kind of refreshing when you just are rotating the talent in. And it's just not the same people just kind of, oh, okay, let's just mix and match here with who we've got. That's a what, one of my three favorite things from the Monday Night Wars was just seeing who was going to pop up in the other person's uh, federation. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I think WWE is definitely concerned. I mean, they're taking them seriously. There was the report that they were offering people contracts like on the spot. Did you guys read about that? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, something about like they if they signed on the spot, they'd give them more money or something along those lines. So I mean they're taking it seriously as a threat. And we can talk about it later, but the revival, they're they're trying to get their release. There's actually an outlet that people can go to now where they you know they're excited about it versus yeah, you go to impact and pretty much uh, vanish into oblivion. Nobody really paid attention to you. But there there's some excitement behind this. We'll have to see if they can parlay that into a success or not. But um TV is going to be a big part of that. Now, I think they could have success streaming, but TV is we're still in an age where yeah, yeah you need we're to going to TV. streaming, but yeah, you need you need television. I mean, just look at the difference between, you know, how the the percentage of the WWE audience that watches Raw and SmackDown versus NXT. It's yeah. the the NXT audience is a lot smaller than people realize, I think. That that people that are inside the wrestling bubble. Oh yeah. 
So there's a few places they could end up. Um, the hot rumor is obviously that TBS TNT could be interested and that would kind of reignite the old WCW uh, WWE rivalry, maybe in the long run. Um, just, I guess just seeing them on that channel would be really cool. Um, there's it would uh, give them credibility. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Spike TV, which is like paramount now, I believe. Um, that is a rumor that's out there. I, even saw <laughs> I don't think people. I've put on Spike TV since Raw left it. No, I, I haven't either. But they got the wrestling history with WWE and, and even TNA. So they could be in play. I, I've seen people t- rumored about like ESPN maybe even being interested. Um, that would be a lot harder, though, because with all the sports that they cover and having a weekly live show, that could be, I don't know, it could be an issue. But um, I don't, do you guys have any predictions here on, on where they're going to end up? I wanted to kind of throw that out there. We want to take a stab at it. No, I mean, I, I have no, I have no idea. I mean, there's a lot of like terrible. I mean, as we've seen, because I think like you know, Impact constantly finds the worst networks imaginable. You know, you don't want to get on something like that, mm-hmm. um, where it doesn't even matter. Like you're just basically, oh, hey, we're on TV, I guess. Even though, like, you know, no one's ever heard of these channels, um. My guess is they're not going to accept TV unless if it's like a, I don't want to use the term blue chip, but I guess I will just because no other terms coming to mind. Like, you know, some sort of um, established network, yeah. like, a, you know, like the Turner networks or, you know, I, I don't know about ESPN would be great because the thing about ESPN is they hype anything that they have, they hype, they can hype to death throughout the day. Um, mm-hmm. So that's always good. Um, I don't know how much room there is for it. I mean, I guess there's 24 hours in a day, so whatever they can find an hour once a week, but um, we shall see. And I mean, I, the other interesting thing is, would it go directly opposite SmackDown on Tuesdays? It is Tuesday night dynamites. That's true. So, you know, will, will they run directly opposite? I would, I would imagine. So, although impact got killed when they tried doing that. Well, SmackDown's going to be moving to Friday soon anyway. So no, that's good. Never mind. That's a good point. Yeah. So the, Never mind. Yeah. They might go head to head though for a few months, which yeah. would still be interesting. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Um, I think I think Meltzer had that report that though, that they have two television offers that are pretty, you know, on the table, so yeah. to speak, almost from two like yeah. major networks. So the, the, the Dave Meltzer network, I know is one of them. I mean <laughs> I know you have some some Dave criticisms for later tonight, but yeah, I, I agree. I think they're only going to take a major network, which is pretty amazing when you think about it. You know, if that, they can get it, yeah. I mean, who knows? They may not be able to get it either. So it's it's not even. You know, this is a company that's ran one show, which basically was in conjunction with Ring of Honor. They don't really have like and, any yeah, and history the way, to build off of. They don't have the rights to all in, by the way. Yeah, that's another factor. So like. It is pretty amazing they've got to the point where major networks are talking to them considering they have one show in their back pocket. You know, it's not Impact never had a chance. Uh, Ring of Honor has never really had a chance with any of those type of networks. So that's impressive. Um, and it, again, it's because of the connections of the ownership and the money behind it, I think. So um, do you guys think uh, we can parlay this into the, to the next topic a little bit and stay on AEW? Kenny Omega is obviously the big story right now going into the end of the month. Where is he going to end up? There's been reports out there that he's turned down WWE, uh, which would make it seem pretty damn likely he'll be in AEW, but you never know for sure. So where do you guys think he's going to end up? And if you were Kenny Omega, what would you do, Justin? Impact Wrestling. (laughs) No, I I don't think there's any way he, he goes anywhere but AEW. I mean, those are his pals and... They've been saying for months now that they're sticking together. And uh, from, you know, what I've read, uh, Young Bucks turned down, you know, a big time offer from WWE, which they almost kind of controlled their destinies. They could continue doing being the lead. Um, so I, obviously it's really big on their minds to do something different away from WWE. And I think Kenny Omega is definitely a part of that. Yeah, that being the the being the elite thing, they offered them uh, WWE Network put the being the elite show the YouTube series on the WWE Network, and they were reportedly offered um, like a six month option where they could opt out if they weren't happy in WWE. That is, a, I've never heard of a contract like that for, with the WWE offering them, but they turned that down to you know start up AEW. Justin, if you were Omega, where would you go? Uh, AEW, I, mean, I I think it's really exciting. 
Okay. And I'm guessing they're going to, you know, working less dates. Uh, there's been rumblings of, you know, maybe actually getting medical insurance or, you know, stuff like that. Um, it's, it, it feels like a more viable long-term excitement deal, kind of like a ECW. Mm-hmm. That's not the greatest comparison, but if you just get uh, what I mean as far as excitement goes. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Kyle, what do you think? The WWE will be there down the road, like if this tanks. Mm-hmm. So the interesting thing to monitor, assuming he goes to AEW, is the sort of um, positioning of Omega vis-a-vis Cody Rhodes. You know, um, will it be a 1A, 1B situation? You know? Mm-hmm. situation i mean is one guy going to be positioned higher than the other one you know i think that's something to think about because when pe- initially people were like well okay he might go wwe i'm like yeah you know maybe that makes sense because cody you know might very well be positioned as the top single there and i mean is does omega look at that and say yeah well you know obviously i won't be the top single in wwe but if i'm not gonna be the top single here then you know might as well stick to the WWE offer work a couple work some dream work cena you know some other quote-unquote dream matches and do that but no i think he's gonna go to AEW. what do you think that'd be kind of insane though if they position cody over omega as their top single kyle i think cody rhodes is a lot of influence i mean <laughs> we have seen a Rhodes with the book before buddy yeah i mean i, I love what cody's done over the last couple of years but i mean kenny is that's the star you got to run with i would think justin they got chris jericho baby <laughs> <laughs> that's they, true i mean you could i mean well interesting you can push more than one guy at once it'll be i, I just think it's an in, i think it's gonna be a very interesting thing to monitor yeah with those two mm-hmm. yeah I, I agree with both of you wwe is going to be there AEW is the exciting thing right now he's been at wwe you know in developmental over a decade ago i guess it was uh, but he has been there and he has seemed in the past like he kind of had some bad blood over that but i think he was given reportedly a, a very generous offer to return. And I think, yeah, if they signed him, he'd go right to the main roster, just like AJ. But, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, you're getting making that kind of money. Sure. Yeah. I'm, if I'm him, though, I don't know how, if with all your friends involved in this and, and starting this, and it's so exciting, I, I couldn't imagine going to WWE when AW is on the table there. And their, their money offer has got to be comparable, if not even better, maybe, for all we know. So, um, it's going to be interesting to see like what kind of dates they work. Uh, they've announced two shows and it looks like a third one they were teasing the other day. So they've got, um, the sequel double or nothing to all in, in, uh, May in Vegas. And then they have a show in Jacksonville that they announced at the Jacksonville press conference, no date announced for that one yet. And then I saw the bucks were tweeting out pictures of Seattle the other day. So now there's a rumor they're going to go to Seattle after that. Oh, lovely. We city. shall see. Yes. So I another thing to monitor that I'm more interested in than you know whatever than you know this press conference and whatnot is their talent acquisition. There's a lot of people who have made this point, and I completely agree that you just can't be kind of cherry picking these the low hanging fruit of the WWE mid card. And bring them in, you know, because that'll get old after, you know, you know, like, you know, when Ty Dillinger, just for example, and, you know, and Dolph, Zig- yeah, Dolph Ziggler show up and like, you know, I'm here, you know, because this is where the big boys play now or whatever. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, you do you will have to move beyond just a anti WWE gimmick i mean if for, for one night that can work you know if the guy's like hey you know i'm sick of being underused and i'm here you know to show everybody what i got but you gotta go somewhere from there you know mm-hmm. just being anti-wwe okay that can maybe get some people fired up at first but to make this thing long lasting you got to give something tangible yeah i think that's also a mistake people make is they assume that you take any mid carter out of wwe and they'll be a star anywhere else and wwe is just holding them back and it's like no they're not all going to be stars just no. just uh, damian sandow yeah good example remember, remember the online oh my god wwe is so dumb i can't believe they're keeping the miz and not miz dow oh these guys are dumb 
smart fans. <laughs> and look at the Miz. Sick. Big yeah. fans of the Miz here on top yeah. of the nation. I mean, come on. And for the now the revival, I would fight to keep if I'm on WWE. And by the way, as we went live and started recording this, apparently there was a segment with them and Vince McMahon, which I'm eager to watch. I was DVRing Raw. But um, guys like, to be honest with you, Dolph Ziggler, Ty Dillinger, I would actually let walk. If I, I would definitely want let Dolph walk. You know, this <laughs> sure. yeah. I mean, I get that, you know, Vince, you know, when you look at it's so funny at the, the WWE roster and the way it's been managed over the last 10 years or so, where they just don't let guys go unless if they, you know, do something really stupid or, you know, don't re you know, Cody's kind of the Cody and CM Punk are very much like exceptions to the rule. Um I lost my train of thought there. But well, speaking of that guy, if they could talk Punk out of retirement, that would be pretty huge yeah. for him. Oh, this is my point. Okay, there's Vince is very, like, when you look at the roster, this is what I was going to say, I apologize. Um, you know, it, it all goes back to, like, the midnight, the mid-90s, when he, Vince looks back, he gave up on Hogan, he gave up on Savage too quick, when they, clearly they had some more years to give. And Vince is like, I don't want to give up on these guys. I don't want it to, but Dolph Ziggler, Ty Dillinger are not, Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage. It will not have that sort of cataclysmic impact on the industry if those guys just move over. If anything, they're guys that, you know, should be used to put over AEW's quote-unquote homegrown talent. Now, the Revival, I think there's a... I hesitate to use the word big money, but I think there is a potential main event-level match that they could promote them versus the Young Bucks. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, will it? change the wrestling business no but um and i like the revival too yeah but you know th- there's a lot of wwe mid cards you're right that there is kind of this misnomer oh you free these guys go to AEW. they'll show you what they got I, you know some of these guys aren't that that great that are being pushed yeah who who are the guys that would be the big needle movers like the the hulk hogan example or not to there's that no, level but there's, there's no hulk hogan not to that level, but yeah. like a, a major star jumping where it would really like kind of cause an earthquake in the industry. You know, I, I would think Punk, if they could talk him out of retirement, Omega signing him is going to be pretty big. That'll that'll do some big headlines. Um, but who else? And can we think of anybody who could possibly jump from WWE that's even like possibly even rational that it could happen? Um, AJ, maybe. Yeah, AJ uh, Lesnar. Um, if they got Goldberg, I guess. Um, Cena would never happen, but that, that's 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 their Hulk Hogan comparison there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, no, there's not not a lot. We not a lot of top star. Ooh, Roman Reigns, that'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Kyle. Do you th- do you see any of that even possibly? Like, do you think there's any chance at all AJ Styles lose WWE? No, ah, I shouldn't say that. Any chance? No, of course there's some. Ten percent, ten percent, five percent, five. Yeah, Somewhere I, I also, I'm kind I of. I mean, you know, people are yeah. talking. You know, I mean, look at the stuff. I mean, people underrate certain things because that they don't. You know, they think they know these people, but they don't. Um, you know, Carl. Somebody tweeted a really good point about Carl Anderson. You know, there are all these people like, oh, you know, Carl, come back to New Japan, man, where you belong, and you can be pushed again. Well, you know, I mean, Carl tweets stuff. He gets to see his family now a lot more than he used to. And that means a lot to him. Um, You know, and, you know, sorry, Johnny New Japan. Carl Anderson probably cares a lot more about his family than he does about you. (laughs) Okay, so hit the bricks, pal. Yeah, I I really don't think AJ would jump either. But it has been kind of an interesting debate in the wrestling world right now. But uh, speaking of Johnny New Japan, I was going to get this plug out there. Check out our shop on uh, shop.spreadshirt.com slash top rope nation where we have Kyle Ross inspired Johnny New Japan t-shirt six stars, not seven, six, which that's that's a whole nother bone of contention that Kyle wanted to get into tonight was uh, the Dave Meltzer star ratings on Wrestle Kingdom. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Overrating uh, New Japan matches too much, you think, Kyle? If I have to answer that question, I don't know if we should be doing this podcast anymore. <laughs> Justin, yeah, Justin, you had an interesting point on the Dave Meltzer star ratings. T- tell us how your uh, view of those has changed and your own actions in regards to seeking them out. 
Um, well, I guess how excited I used to be to uh, check the star ratings, just to see what they are after every pay-per-view. And uh, ever since the, the six stars is just, they've kind of really lost their luster and any kind of meaning or validity uh, to them. Not, you know, in their, in their subjective. So you got to take them with a grain of salt to begin with, but um, it, it was always cool just to see where he thought these matches lined up uh, against others in history. And now it's just kind of silly. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing though. Like, how do you have the scale for like 30 years, five stars, and then you start rating multiple matches beyond the five stars. It kind of makes your entire grading like irrelevant you've inflated the scale now so i ever since that i haven't taken them as seriously as i used to i, I still read them and i'm curious what he says but i kind it's of predictable have, yeah it's really he's like actually everything. he's actually a that's actually the sign of i don't want to call him bad because i think that's mean but it is it's it's the sign of you know kind of a reviewer that you just that you just don't put a lot of stock into really when you just can kind of like, Oh, you watch a match up. Okay. This is what Dave will give this. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I mean, sometimes whatever, I mean, sometimes we all agree in a a match, you know, it is what it is, but you know, it's just, all right. You and I had this debate months ago on text about Ronda Rousey. Right. Okay. And I brought up this idea that, you know, when evaluating Ronda Rousey, you can't, there's a, there's a very large problem going on in wrestling today when it comes to evaluation of performers and matches in my, this is my opinion where, and a lot of it stems from Dave and the, the, look like Dave should feel pretty cool about himself that he has for the last 20 or even, you know, going back 30 years has kind of, you know, has a tremendous influence on what, a large percentage of wrestling fans consider is a good wrestling match or what is a good, or who is a good performer. But the problem is, okay, that people are, you kind of have these predisposed like checklist and and wrestlers are trying to like hit the, and you know, people, when they evaluate are just going through this, this checklist of what kind of they've learned through the years makes a good wrestler and not really stopping to take, ask themselves the question, well, is this effective? Like, it's okay. They're, you know, and like with matches, Oh, okay. They're doing all these crazy spots. Oh, here comes the sequence where we start kicking out everyone's finishers. It's like, okay, fine. Yes. There've been a lot of great matches in the past where they did that, but like, are you into this right now? Like, um, when I watch Russell kingdom, you know, I hate how I've been put in this position where, you know, I see the star ratings beforehand and when I think everything is significantly lower, like, you know, I'm like some like Debbie Downer, like by any objective measure, Wrestle Kingdom was a good professional wrestling show. The idea that it was anything close to the best professional wrestling show ever is laughable. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. when you're giving Osprey, when you're giving that Will Ospreay match uh, against Abushi four and three quarter stars. It makes me think you didn't even watch Will Ospreay wrestle Matt Riddle last year or Walter mm-hmm. because those two matches smoked that match. Yeah, I saw um, Osprey wrestle Flip Gordon at an ROH show at Chicago, and that match I thought blew away that one too. Yeah, I mean, it's just I, here's the thing with New Japan we, we talk about the scale. New Japan, it's not a surprise what it's done, you know, with, with Dave's star ratings because. The current New Japan product, no product in wrestling history has been more tailored to what Dave Meltzer likes. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. That's my issue with his start. Like, to me, it's not, it's just, he's just getting what he likes. And my whole issue then with the Observer is, you know, what makes me so disappointed in Dave's coverage in 2019. I have to be careful how I word this because I, I thought of this and I couldn't believe I was going to say it, but. It's almost kind of like a Fox News situation. Oh my God! Here we go. Or, or, or <laughs> I'll, I'll, I think a better term to use would be uh, echo chamber than use say Fox News. Specifically. Yeah. Dave basically is now just telling his subscribers what they want to hear. I think the correlation Without- you're making is is Dave is Fox and Friends, and New Japan is President Donald Trump. In a way, yes. Because it's just like, 
you know, I mean, he does, if you read through the end, reading is my friend, Dave. If you read through, yeah, I mean, sometimes he's fair, but it's just like, when you look at just, it's just like, you know, for instance, in what world is Okada versus Jay White four and a half stars? <laughs> Jay White is not a good professional wrestler. I'm sorry, he's just not, he's not terrible, but he's not good. And that young Bucks match got four stars. I mean, God bless you. I mean, you know, Dave, you know, my heart goes out to you. The man's father passed away. The young Bucks did something real nice for him that weekend. They're friends. Okay. Not only was that match not a four-star match, it was a bad match. Like I watched it and at no point did I care about what I was watching. Mm -hmm. And if, if I feel if that match happened in WWE, Here's what David Wright, uh, typical three-way tag match, lots of action, not not a lot of heat, no one really cared, you know, trading moves, but because it's the Young Bucks, no, we don't go through that. Oh, they hit all their their signature stuff, looked great. And that's, I think, the problem people have, David. I, I, there's a lot of criticisms of Dave that I think are, are, are bullshit, but um, mm-hmm. it, we, it's very obvious to me that, you know, with New Japan, it's just a style of wrestling he really likes, um, you know. And New Japan is the best at kind of checking those predisposed boxes. Yeah. Um. So, but it, it's to the point now where I just put very little stock in Dave's New Japan stories. For the record, I think a lot of his WWE star ratings present day too high as well. Well, when you look historically at what he rated stuff 20 years ago, like we were talking about the best rumbles the other night and uh, was it the 92 rumble got three and three quarter stars or something. Mm -hmm. But he did just say on Twitter, I think earlier today that that's the best rumble of all time in his opinion. So he's graded multiple other rumbles higher than that one. But uh, and what's funny is I used to think Dave was too critical back in the day was too low. Like, Mm -hmm. like when you know, I come, whatever, it's a nerdy thing to say. Well, you know, I compare like, you know, what I would give a match to what Dave gave it. You know, I've looked at this through this stuff before. I would say modern era, I'm almost always lower than Dave. Uh, like late 80s, early 90s, a lot of times I'm higher. Mm-hmm. What, you know, I should emphasize too, we're only criticizing him on like on the star rating issue right now because i i still have obviously as a journalist like a lot of respect for dave Meltzer, and i love the bios he writes in the observer yes, and i love and, the bios yeah but, and every week i'm checking out the news section we're, yeah. we're talking solely so but, no one misconstrues this about the the match rating portion of what dave Meltzer well, does Go ahead. and i think he's hurt by the fact that he does not have a lot of inside info in wwe i think that hurts, days, uh, that's for the, sure it hurts the observer a lot and mm-hmm. and i think it totally affects his coverage of wwe because he doesn't know where these stories are going Whereas in New Japan, it's clearly obvious he knows what the plan is. Yeah. And so he basically lays, oh, let me tell you why this works, because they're going here, or they did this, because he's clued in. WWE, he's not clued in at all where they're going. And that's not to say WWE does a great job of storytelling. Anyway, they have, trust me, they have their issues. Yeah. But if you read it, like, it's Dave's lack of inside info with the modern WWE has really affected the way he has covered that promotion, in my opinion. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, Justin's over there daydreaming about the days when I used to bring in the imprint uh, observer to our part-time job we worked at together, and he would just page through those over his lunch in the break room, like every every word of that thing. You remember that, Justin? Oh, that was amazing. That was, that, that was like, <laughs> I remember uh, one of the first times I went to the Mall of America, and they had like a little kiosk of just, you know, ripped off uh uh, VCR tapes of like, did I, I bought like one about the Hardys and their independent matches. Yeah, that shit's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have borrowed that VHS from you back like 18 <laughs> years VHS ago or so. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So God bless Dave Meltzer, but the match ratings this. have been have been obscene lately. Yes. He he was spot on with Saber and Ichi, I thought. That was like my favorite match on the show. Yeah. You know, I I don't know. I I go here and there on the raise. I think it's like it's one guy's opinion, so you can't put I mean, too much into it. I think people emphasize with, it too much. But. Yeah, I mean, you're never going to agree with another human being 100% of the time. You know, I always say this. To I 100% agree with that. Yeah, I, I, I always say, <laughs> I always joke with this with friends. There's only one person you're going to agree with 100% of the time, and it's yourself. And maybe not even them. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I change my mind a lot. So, um, through the years, you know, I, I view wrestling in 2019 a lot differently than I did 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um. So 
let's let's shift gears a little bit as we kind of take this home tonight because we, we're going to be talking about the rumble a lot later this week go ahead justin i just real quick uh just talking about the star ratings stuff yep. just real quick we didn't get to uh really review 2018 and i'm just out of curiosity i was wondering what your guys's favorite match of the year was uh yeah i thought about this a lot and probably the gargano champa match from new orleans is my favorite match um I don't know. I I really liked um, Omega and Okada too, but eh. I still think the the best Omega Okada match was the G one match the year before though. That's I still my favorite. I agree with that. Yeah, so I can't really go with that the Omega Okada match. So I think I think I'd have to go with Takeover New Orleans the gar- the first Gargano Champa. What do you think, Kyle? I would go with a different Johnny Gargano match. Oh, against Andrade. Yes, Andrade. Yes. John. yeah that was in that was in the running for me too that was a hell of a match yeah and i love that walter jordan devil match from ott mm-hmm. god did that match just turn me on that's <laughs> that's <laughs> the one we talked about a couple times on here yeah yeah recommended it uh what were you thinking justin when you were contemplating this uh the same as you but also that ladder match from that same show is just incredible. I oh, just yeah. recently rewatched that. And that's just a phenomenal match. Yeah. We got in this whole debate a couple of weeks ago about uh, uh, there was a poll it, online about show of the year. Yeah. Go ahead, Kyle. I was going to say just when you said you just watched again, did you watch it on the NXT year interview show? Cause they like re- they should, they basically reshowed the whole match on the January 1st episode or whatever around. Is that yes. when you watched it or just, Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I am so glad. I would just like to say this. I am so glad I was there for that match live because I just, I had not watched it on, <laughs> sorry about that. I had, I had not watched it on tape, believe it or not, or maybe I had, but I couldn't remember. Moro Ronaldo, God bless him. Okay. I really respect what he's gone through personally. Moro Ronaldo in that match may have given the single worst big match play by play I have ever heard in 30 years of watching wrestling. It was unbearable how bad he was. He is bad. He is very, very bad in my opinion. Also, (laughs) I mean, his commentary in that, I mean, I'm not a big moral fan, but that may have been the nadir of moral Ronaldo. I mean, it was just like, you know, alliteration out the ass, you know, bad, superhero analogies <laughs> I, I love how you always got to throw in that you were at that show while me and justin were at roh that night down in louisiana the guys i w- was with one guy went with me to take over <laughs> i was saying the whole time i'm like look man these guys were going they're all going to this roh fuck these guys man let's get this i'm like this takeover is where it's going to be at and uh, you know rh roh was a good show yeah, um, yeah. super card but it was it was just too long me and justin were burned out by the end and it, what an it was a cheaper it was a cheaper ticket nxt by the time we decided to go to new orleans like you had been going for a while um the tickets to takeover were really marked up on StubHub and the secondary so it would have been a lot more for us to go to that sure. one but uh yes i wish it, in, in hindsight i would have rather been a takeover because that was a hell of a show and i think for me that was probably the show of the year in my opinion and we were talking about there was a poll someone had up on twitter where all these people were calling all in the show of the year and (laughs) i messaged you guys like am i just crazy or is this an absurd take like all in was a cool show what they did everything but i watched it and i wasn't like blown away by anything on that show at all whereas takeover new orleans had multiple like both two five star matches, bar none. Yeah, Gargano Chapa. I, I don't know if they're both five stars. If I'm if, if we're talking about match ratings, I would give both of those five stars. The latter match is unbelievable. And I I loved Gargano Chapa so much that I'd probably say that's my match of the year. So I yeah, I don't know how you call all in the show of the year over that. It's the barely legal syndrome back in ninety seven, where you know and I understand it, believe it or not, as as much as I'll like sometimes you know, snicker at like these people, you know, online who are like, man, WWE is shook. They took Chris Jericho out of the opening package. You know, that's dumb. But like at the same time, you know, AEW did, or pardon me, all in did get a lot of people talking. It got a lot. It was, people were very excited for it. That's something that is lost in wrestling these days is people being excited for a show. Mm-hmm. You know, you, there are a lot of shows now where it's like, oh man, all the wrestling was really great after the fact. But, like, to me, a great wrestling show, you're really – for me, TakeOver New World, like I was just kind of alluding to, I, I 
really was looking forward to. I was confident that we're going to get that first Ciampa-Gargano match. I was really psyched up for it. It delivered. That's what wrestling is. I think missing in today's wrestling is really looking forward to going to a show or watching a show. Um, You know, WWE, you know, a lot of their shows wind up better than we all expect, but, you know, they've really got to work on kind of getting you fired up beforehand. I think it would go a long way with their product, um, at least on the main roster. So I, I don't, if you want to consider all in, I, I think it actually deserves some to be in the discussion for best show of the year, but it was not the, it was not the best show of the year. It, it, it care, when you're talking about best shows, I do think you need to look beyond just the star ratings. Sometimes you just can't count snowflakes. Mm-hmm. Um. So speaking of all in and it being kind of like a different experience for everyone that went to that and everything, did either of you, when you heard the date for double or nothing, consider traveling to Las Vegas in May coming up here to, to attend that show? Either of you? No. <laughs> Kyle? There isn't a single weekend I don't consider going to Las Vegas. Oh, I was I was thinking about it. Part, <laughs> part of the reason I was thinking about it was, man, if I could convince Kyle to go to this show, I would love to go to Las Vegas with Kyle Ross. Last time I was in Las Vegas was my bachelor party. <laughs> I think it would be a hell of a fun time. We can talk wait- about that more uh, off yeah, air. The, the waitress at Blondie's quote, everyone in this bar hates you guys, but there's too many of you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's during Cavs Warriors game one. Oh, yeah, that's right. I may, I may have made some regrettable earthquake jokes to the Warriors fans. I'm sorry. Oh, that was that was bad. Geez. That was bad. I'm sorry. It was one of my biggest regrets <laughs> in life. I I would like to. It's a new year, and I'd like to absolve myself of that. You know, <laughs> if Alistair Black could give me black mass right now to the face, I'd take it because I was I was very drunk. I'm sorry. It was my bachelor party. I, I shouldn't have said those things. Golden State Warriors fans, please forgive me if you're listening. Just think of the possibilities, though. We've done we've done one live cast in the past here in Iowa. Imagine the second live cast live from the Las Vegas Strip. Kyle Ross, drunk I'm off sorry. his ass in Las I'm Vegas. <laughs> I'm just remembering now my mother, best man of my wedding, like standing up on his table and like going to his work. For, you shut the fuck up! You shut the fuck up! Uh, like just standing, it got out of hand, man. What's your favorite sports book in Vegas, by the way? Ah, that's a good question. I've heard that is it the it's like the Westgate now the old yeah yeah the Westgate Superbook yeah yeah that's a little farther off but yeah because that was definitely one that popped in my head. Um, we watched at at that bachelor party. We watched the Triple Crown. God, who was the horse that won the Triple Crown? I can't remember his name now. But we watched him come in, and it wasn't Seabiscuit. It was somebody else. (laughs) <laughs> but it was at the Bellagio and I remember my buddy sn- snaked the VIP table um, by saying no no this was for us uh, when it was not <laughs> um, but that was good too yeah well just something to think about over the next couple of months but uh, it is t- it is 2019 it's a new era and uh, it's a new era for this show it's a How new day it? yes it is yeah, 16, 17. This is our fourth year on the air, believe it or not, um, all the way back to 2016. So um, speaking of new eras, I want to say that uh, WWE has been shaking it up recently, supposedly. And uh, the big talk recently is that they've going, they're going back to kind of an edgier style with some of the segments they've had on the last couple of weeks. So obviously the Alexa Bliss segment on Raw last week and then uh, – Uso Mandy Rose segment. So I wanted to oh, get your guys' take on that. That one. was pro wrestling. I wanted to get your takes on the Mandy Rose segment in particular and uh what we thought of that. Because there's no doubt they are playing this a little differently. And some of this is probably the AEW effect, honestly, to uh kind of have a buzz around the product again. It it's not attitude era, but it's it's no, more it's than what they've been doing. Um and so are we okay with this? Do you like it? Uh, does it make a difference? And what did you think of the Mandy Rose segment, Justin? Uh, I thought it was okay. I mean, just one of those, I like, kind of see where it was going. Um, it was entertaining. It's it's maybe PG-13. I mean, mm-hmm. not not even quite that. So I, I don't think, I haven't seen all that much of a change. I thought the Mandy segment was way beyond what they did with Alexa Bliss, but it seemed like the Alexa Bliss segment was the one that everyone was just like in a rage over. But the the Mandy Rose segment, people weren't really in a rage of 
how she was dressed or anything. It was more about like, oh, the camera. How you know they don't know the cameras there. This is ridiculous. That was what everyone was raging on. Well, no, the, well, the, I don't the, think the that's what they were raging about. The raging oh yeah, that's what I saw. No, it was because the Alexa Bliss seemed to be pointless. Well, yeah, that, that, that was too, just but... like, hey, we walked in on her semi naked. Well, yeah. Why does she need to? Yeah, be in that situation. That was part of it. But uh, d- you guys saw the criticisms about the cameraman, how they ignore the cameraman there in the in the hotel room. That's what oh, I was. Oh, for seeing. that second. Yeah. Okay, I thought you were talking. That's about what I'm talking segment. about. Okay, no, 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 I'm, I'm talking about the Mandy. That was the. the nobody was criticizing like how Mandy Rose was was dressed in lingerie. Basically, hmm. they were criticizing the camera situation. That's what I was saying. Well, it it just goes to the fact that people will find anything to complain about. I thought this was completely both segments and the the online brushback from some was just much ado about nothing. Like, I, I didn't have a problem with it at all. Apparently everybody forgot that Randy Orton burned a cameraman alive in a cabin a couple <laughs> years ago. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, just, I mean, folks, it's wrestling. There's going to be some silly things. Um, not all of them are going to work. Like the Alexa thing was weird because like, I felt that it was just so awkwardly done. Yeah. Like where, She's like, don't you knock? And like, I thought the guy had knocked kind of loud, <laughs> to be mm-hmm. honest with you. I mean, like, and she was just standing there, like, you know. You saw her back. Yeah, you didn't see like hardly anything. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I don't think it was like this offensive thing. And like, apparently there's been some reports that it was her idea uh, to do that. So I just think like, man, it goes back to echo chambers and Twitter. I mean, people just get so fired up about this shit for 24 hours and it just doesn't matter. Yeah, they're not going back to the attitude era. They like their advertising situation. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're not going to go back to that. You know why? Because they were the number one show on cable, but they couldn't freaking get a decent advertising rate to su- save their lives. So they're not going back to that. The, they just uh, did a little something, just for what I the the Alexa thing was totally pointless. But the Mandy thing, at least, furthered a feud. I mean, it was not you know. Steve Austin, Booker T in the grocery store in terms of, you know, on location, you know, angle development, but they were trying to further an angle Mm -hmm. and it was, it was different at least, which is something I'm desperately looking for in wrestling these days. Yeah. I think, I thought the camera guy thing was super overblown too, because yeah, like if you think about it logically, yeah, it's ridiculous, but like WWE is always pretended the camera's not there backstage and like i i was thinking it's not an exact comparison but i remember watching uh the 97 king of the ring this is one of the most blatant like camera situations where it was so obvious that they were in on it where um brian pillman was giving an interview and austin attacked him from behind and then austin like ends up taking him over to the bathroom and he gave him like a swirly Mm-hmm. And then there there was like a camera position at the top of the stall. And it was like, well, obviously they knew this was going to happen because they had the camera in position to film him at an instant from like above the toilet. You know, like it's and no one complained about that back then. Yeah. Like I, I mean, they, it was kind of always been. Yeah. yeah. But it's always been a situation where like the cameras are in the right place. They ignore the cameras. And I, I thought that was kind of much to do about nothing. Also, I mean, I did think of it like as it was airing. You know, where, oh, what's what's his wife going to think? Well, clearly there's a camera right there. And, you know, but yeah, that's that's how WWE's always been, though. So I didn't, and to I didn't their see credit, it too much. Though. To their credit, like, Jey Uso wasn't, or Jimmy Uso wasn't made to look like a complete idiot because he was, like, kind of, like, one step ahead of her. Because mm-hmm. it would have been bad if the video existed and then Naomi still doubted him, you know, if they hadn't done that. So, like, I, I actually thought that was a... I don't know if I want to use the word clever, but at least it was, you know, smart to do. Yeah. So I I wanted to put that out there for discussion because that was that was a lot of controversy this week that I was seeing. But uh, dude, people are bitching that they're fucking announcing the Royal Rumble participants. I thought that was ridiculous. They've always done that. There's yes, just, dude. I used to I love that anymore. You talk about ninety two superstars. You know, I used to love when they would like announce like five or seven guys. Yeah, I don't I don't know what that was about. I was like, do you guys all just start watching wrestling? Like there was all this fuss about. Oh my God! The WWE is going to be announcing all the women on, uh, and it wasn't even all of them, but a lot of the women on uh, Sunday afternoon, every half hour. They're spoiling it all. It's like, no, that's how it's always been. They always announce the people ahead of time, and there's just a couple spots that are surprises. These people who like, I'm sorry, 
like these people who think like the surprises are the best part of the Royal Rumble every year are what's wrong with professional wrestling in 2019. I'll, I'll make that comment right here on this podcast because those surprises are so overblown. They come in, they get the quick pop, and then they, they're gone in five minutes, which is actually kind of bad booking them. The movie's part, like I've never understood that, why these guys, you know, these guys come back, you know, they get a kind of a pop, and then they're done with in three minutes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I, I've never, I, I've always thought the, the surprises are overrated. When people are like, oh, who's going to be the big surprise this year? Let's talk about who's winning. Let's talk about the storylines. Yeah. To me, the Not, best you know, surprise is Big Daddy Cool Diesel coming back and playing it up like <laughs> yes. it was a freaking Hogan pop at 84 yes. MSG at Tool. The, be- <laughs> the, the best surprises to me that my top three, just like right off the bat, would be oh. Oh, uh, you love surprises. <laughs> well, I don't, I'm not saying I love the surprises, but sometimes it's cool, but they have to be yeah. impactful. Um, to me, I loved uh, when Kurt Hennig came back in 02, and he actually, I think he was into like the he was final announced, four. he was announced though. Was he? Yeah, he was an yeah, they announced yeah, he was announced. I thought uh, I thought that was a uh, I have to check on that. I thought that was a surprise entrance. And then he was in for a long time though. I know he was I think he was in the final four. And then he uh then he stayed on in WWE for a while after that. <laughs> and then came that famous airplane ride. Yeah. Um and then Cena, I think in 08 was pretty cool. That, that is the best. Okay, okay. You talk about a good surprise. Yeah. That was a good one, and then AJ obviously AJ when he debuted was was cool. Those were two, yeah, because you know why they actually it was they they actually had long term impacts on the promotional. John Cena in two thousand eight may be the greatest Royal Rumble moment of all time. I don't know if I go that far, but it was cool. I'll tell you why. All these so called smart fit, you know, in MSG, oh, they're supposed to be the sharpest of the sharp. There, watching those, you know, oh, and of course Cena sucks according Mm -hmm. to sharp people, right? Watching those people just reduced to the biggest freaking marks out, and they're all jumping up and out. It's so glorious. I might actually go in this podcast over and watch that again, that closing <laughs> sequence. I'm like, it is so glorious watching all these people who still, you know, think Cena sucks just jumping up and down. That I remember watching that live and just being stunned when he came out. Yeah. And the way he came out is like so odd, like how he just stood there. Also, Jim Ross's last great call in wrestling. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that, it was really cool. I think those three to me are are, are the best ones. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll have plenty to talk about the Rumble um, later this week. We're gonna have a full preview for the Rumble to get you set for that. Uh, we'll probably be putting that out like Thursday or Friday. We'll we'll check our schedules, but that's coming. We'll we'll preview NXT Takeover. Um, but uh, I I will say that after a pretty bland couple of months in WWE, although SmackDown's been really good. And Brian's yeah. been awesome. Um, I think the interest level in WWE is picking up. Well, and, I mean, uh, look at the time of year. I mean, the December's always traditionally been the yeah. weakest part. And then, you know, with the shows falling on the days they did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they didn't have a live Raw for like three weeks or yeah. SmackDown. But uh, I'm I'm excited. You talk about being excited to watch the show. I'm pretty excited to watch the Rumble. Oh, the card is stacked. Show. Oh, yeah. That card is stacked, man. Yeah. So um, we yeah we'll get, like I said uh, tune into the show later this week we'll have we'll have take over in the Rumble previews so I think we'll wrap this one up I think we've kind of caught up on the major stories that we missed out on in the last month unless you guys have anything else you wanted to throw out there for the good of the cause no I'm okay we don't need to impregnate anybody let's wrap it up <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> the everlasting wisdom of Justin yeah. Joint there love it. All right. Well, uh, sorry it's been so long, guys, but uh, good to talk to Justin and Kyle again. Get something out there for your listening enjoyment once more. And uh, we'll check you later this week with episode 82. Like I said earlier, check us out. Subscribe. Like this video on YouTube. If you're watching us on YouTube, if you're listening, subscribe. Uh, Leave us a five-star rating on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever podcasts are found. Uh, You can check us out at top rope nation on twitter we've got a facebook page like us there you'll be up to date on all the recent shows so um with that being said justin's gonna take a swig of his drink as am i kyle's finest, gonna finest craft beer in america <laughs> yeah Life. right i'm actually drinking a bell's hop slam right now the uh, yearly release very delicious and uh kyle you gonna have any drinks when you watch the 08 royal rumble here in a minute yeah i'll probably just pass out while i watch it after i'm done watching it (laughs) too many drinks earlier
Yeah, I have throughout said like two or three, my wife and I split a half pitcher margarita. Yeah, I tweeted that out on the page before the show. So you guys knew this was going to be a great love fried ice cream broadcast. with all my heart and soul. It's a uh, ice cream with uh, frosted flakes on the outside from my days working at a Mexican restaurant. Anyways, that's how we made it. It was it was the cheap way, but that was Carlos O'Kelly's. So that's kind of Americanized Carlos O'Kelly's. I worked at Carlos O'Kelly's. Well, what was it run by Germans? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. Americanized uh, Mexican restaurant, but that's how they made the fried ice cream. Man. All right. On that note, guys, let's take it <laughs> home. <laughs> Freaking Chaz O'Kelly's, baby. <laughs> All right. So I am Ryan Drossy. Find my work at comicbook.com. He is Kyle Ross and Justin Joint. We'll see you guys later this week with our preview for Royal Rumble Weekend. Check it out.